0: What is up, everyone? It is Monday. It is March. It is the 22nd of March. And this is a, what, 7 8? I don't know. This is Stevie's intro. This is not mine. Um, but he is not here today, so I'm hosting the morning grind. Filling in for him. He'll be back tomorrow. Don't worry about that. you only have to deal with me for one day. But I'm joined by someone you will enjoy listening to, the great Chief Justice, Will Priester. How are you doing over there, buddy?
1: Doing good, man. Um have kind of having a pretty good... Good uh, stretch here of NBA. Uh, kind of got close to a couple big takedowns and just didn't quite get there. I think one night I might have finished in fifth or, I don't know, 10th or something in the big contest on FanDuel. And just just right there every day, man. So trying to grind this thing out. Hopefully we're helping some people, you know, earn a few dollars in the process.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I hear you. I went on a real rough stretch for – February but March has treated me really well so I really can't complain I mean I'm not winning tonight but I was more focused on college basketball which I still know nothing about so it doesn't matter but we got a nice little what seven eight game slate depending on where you're playing at on today's slate so let's just break right into it we got the first game of the night we got the Cavs going up against Sacramento Cavaliers second into back-to-back so we do not have their injury report but Sacramento Bagley still out. All the main guys still out. So, pretty much everyone healthy in this game. Let's we'll start off with the Sacramento side here. Obviously, with Bagley out, it's been basically the same thing, but Holmes getting a decent amount of run. Um, what are you looking at over on Sacramento?
1: Well, I mean, I, I t- let me tell you something. Mr. Halliburton isn't going to continue to uh, play these big minutes and let us down. So, I think at 5,500 on DK. Uh, he's someone that I'm extremely interested in. I know De'Aaron Fox has kind of priced up to 9K, um, but he's been playing really well. So he's someone I'm going to be interested in. You already talked about the fact that Bagley's going to be out. We do have homes at 7,200. And while he may have some sporadic performances, like at this point, you know, he does have pretty stable minutes. He's got 50 point upside. Uh, so I definitely think he's in the player pool.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I'm kind of right there with you. I think Holmes is potentially a great play. Fox over or averaging 30 points over like last eight games outside of the last one. Been just tearing it up. Halliburton very clearly going to turn things around considering the amount of minutes he's playing. One guy I kind of want to get your thoughts of process on, um, Whiteside. Like obviously, Holmes has been a little bit up and down. Part of the reason why he has, hasn't got as many minutes as he should is foul trouble um but even in games where he doesn't end up getting into foul trouble Whiteside's still getting 16 to 20 minutes we know that for him 4.1k if we're getting 20 25 minutes out of Whiteside, he can end up crushing i mean he had a game versus brooklyn where he put up 58 points in 24 minutes like i kind of want to get your thoughts on him as a tournament player i don't think there's a ton of injuries and a ton of value at the moment on the slate if stuff, stuff doesn't go open up i think that he's potentially a gpp play am i just off base here going up against cleveland
1: Man, I think I just wish he was like 3,500 <laughs> rather yeah. than 4K just because of the minutes uh, limitation. But, you know, obviously he could put up 30 in limited minutes. But I think if he's a guy I would roll out if I was maybe rolling 150. If I'm doing 20 max or three-entry max, I don't think he makes the cut. Um, you know, if he was 3K, you know, which I think there was a time earlier this year where we started talking about it, whereas minutes kind of started trending – he started playing around 20 to 23 minutes, and it's like, well, if you know he's going to get 20 to 23 minutes a game at 3,132, you play him. At 4K, though, I just, only in a, in, a, in a probably a 150 build would I take, Hassan.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair. I just want to get your thoughts on that because it was something I was looking at a little bit earlier tonight. What about over on the Cleveland side? I mean, same guys that have been out or out, like. Love obviously missed on Sunday. We don't know if he'll be playing on Monday. We don't have the injury report ready, but kind of assuming that he's going to be out. Who are you looking over on the Cleveland side? Because Sacramento, obviously, one of the best matchups we can possibly get on the board. So even on a second or back-to-back, it's it's just a juicy matchup with a few guys that seem a little bit too low-priced.
1: Yeah, and I mean, we saw Sexton play almost 40 minutes again, uh, you know, in the previous game. And I mean, the guy put up, you know, Pretty much. Excuse me, guys. I'm so sorry for this yawn. That's awful. Uh, Let me shake myself together here. No more yawns on the pod. Um, The guy put up almost 50 fantasy points. And so, you know, against Sacramento, I think, you know, if he's going to get those types of minutes, we have to consider him. Um, You know, Garland, I'm not not as worried about. Nance, I'm not as worried about either. Although I do kind of have this rule of thumb where, if it's the upside spot, I kind of throw the pricing out of the window as long as it's not overly egregious. And so I don't like the prices on all these guys. I don't mind it on Sexton. Um, but I think because of the spot, I'm willing to take some of that risk um, with the pricing. So Sexton, Garland, Nance. Now, if Loves comes back, then you know he's going he's gonna to muddy up the water even more. He may play – you know, 10 to 15 minutes. That's going to take away from somebody. But I think Nance and Allen will still be in play here. I don't love it, but I'm willing to roll the dice because of the matchup.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely right there with you. It's good Sacramento. We all know how bad they are defensively. They've been playing at a much faster pace recently. Sexton's definitely not priced high enough considering his upside. Garland's probably about appropriately priced, but still definitely has some upside. Nance, too cheap. Like very much all systems go on, pretty much all these Cavalier guys. So just play whichever one of them you want, and it's probably not a bad decision. All of them can end up crushing here. Let's move on to the next game here. We got OKC going up against Minnesota. OKC, no injury report, second of a back-to-back. SGA didn't end up playing on Sunday, but, so we don't know a stats. They could determine quite a few things on the slate. But Timberwolves, Beasley still out, McLaughlin still out, Russell still out, and Culver is questionable. Let's start off here with OKC. How are you looking at this team? Who are you going to end up playing if SGA is in or if he's out?
1: If SGA is in, then I'm probably going to be avoiding a whole lot of this team. If he's out, then, I mean, I I don't mind going right back to the well. I had some Lou Dort on the early slate. Uh, Lou Dort had a really good game. I think he's the guy that you definitely want to consider in a spot against Minnesota. Uh, Ty Jerome actually didn't play as many minutes. Uh, I mean, he he didn't play as many minutes as I – Well, no, he did play the minutes. He didn't get the production, excuse me, that I thought he was going to get. But at 28 minutes, at 4,800, going against Minnesota, I'd be willing to play a little bit more Ty Jerome. uh, Teo Maladon, he played, you know, 32 minutes. I don't hate it. I think I just – I like the spot. Uh, We do know that Al Horford is back. And there is, you know, I I do like playing Horford when SGA is out. His, His fantasy points per minute pick up big time. So while I know, you know, it's old man Horford and, and people are probably thinking they don't want to play him because it's the youth movement, 28 minutes against Minnesota when he's averaging well over a fantasy point per minute with SGA off the court ha- uh, will definitely intrigue me uh, if SGA is out.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. I don't know if I'm playing Roby or Moses Brown. I think that Horford's going to eat into the minutes a little bit too much. So they're kind of off the board if Horford does end up playing, which I would assume he's going to. Um but, yeah, without if is not in there, then Horford, yeah, big boost in production, great match versus Minnesota right there with you. And then Dort Maldon, Ty Jerome are all going to get all the minutes they need, and there's just such a hole in usage that gets brought into there without SGA alive because he's obviously eating up everything. So if he doesn't end up playing, then, yeah, definitely all systems go for pretty much all the guards over on OKC. If SGA isn't, then it's pretty much just SGA's in play because he's always in play, especially in a good match versus Minnesota. Over on the other side, all the same guys that we know of are out, with Culver being questionable, too. Are you going back to the well with Edwards or Towns in this matchup?
1: Yep, don't mind Edwards, don't mind Towns. I don't want to play anybody else. Now, I will say this. Jarrett Vanderbilt, if uh, he was getting 25 minutes, would have been at a price where it's like, man, he's right there. But you just can't play him at this point. It's just Towns. It's just Edwards. I don't even want to play Rubio at 6,200.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's pretty much it for me. Like, I don't play anyone else. Edwards is going to take 25 shots probably in this game. He's just shooting. If he has a good shooting night, he crushes. If he has a bad shooting night, he still might end up getting there. I really like Edwards in this spot here in Towns. Pretty much the same thing. He's offered a massive ceiling in every single game. A little bit of downside depending on if he just defers to Edwards, but Magic okay OKC especially with FGAs in there. Only thing I have to worry about is staying close, but I still think it probably does, so right there with you. Only two possible guys I would have any interest in playing are Towns and Edwards. Let's move on to the next game. We've got Charlotte going up against San Antonio and sorry Will, but looks like Mo Ball is out for the rest of the season. Not happy to see that. Obviously loved watching see him, but he'll be back next season. It's just a wrist fracture, but Tough to see, but does make things a little bit interesting for DFS. Rozier is probable. Zellers out over on the other side. Uh, LMA is out. So let's start off here with the Charlotte Hornets. With Melo out, opens up a bunch of usage, opens up a bunch of minutes for these guards who are – prop Graham for sure is too underpriced, but a few of these guys are underpriced. Gordon Hayward might still be underpriced. Which Charlotte guys are you looking at right here?
1: I mean, at this point, you have to look at them all. Um, gosh, man, like this just sucks. Like, yeah, geez. it's rough. It, it was just oh, so much fun man. to watch. Yeah, it just sucks, man. Uh, I, anyway, I'm, I'm not going to sulk on the air, but uh, Devontae Graham, I think, is obviously going to probably be option number one. I, I mean, as long as he's healthy, I mean, you got to think his minutes trend back up to around 30 minutes or so at 4,800. I mean, I think that's going to be fantastic for us. Um, You know, and then I think now, you know, the offense is going to flow through Hayward. It's going to flow through Terry Rozier. You know, it's going to flow through Graham. Uh, P.J. Washington may get a few extra buckets. Like, I just think these main guys, and I don't know what they're going to do with Miles Bridges now. What are they going to do with Malik Monk? I'm just not sure, but I, I do feel confident saying Graham picks up, goes from maybe 22 minutes to 30 minutes, right? I think I think that's kind of the formula, and then everybody else, you know, it just kind of goes from there. I did want to point out, man, that Charlotte is, is so affordable on FanDuel tonight. Uh, Terry Rozier is 5,900, Devontae Graham, 43. Gordon Hayward is 7K. P.J. Washington is 6K. Like, my goodness, man, the Hornets are incredibly affordable on FanDuel.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely right there with you. Without Ball in there, like, it opens up so much, and obviously the sites were unable to really price them right, because like, they us up the 8.30 injury report from LaMelo Ball said he's probable today, and then we got the news at around 9 o'clock, 9.30 Eastern time, that he was out for the rest of the season, so they clearly didn't have a chance to price any of these guys, so I'm right there with you. Graham is one of the top value plays probably the top value play even regardless what ends up happening tomorrow with injury reports on the entire slate washington hayward rogier especially over on fanduel are underpriced but gordon hayward we could see him go back to the guy that's putting up close to 50 fantasy points per game like so much of this usually so much of the usage opens up on this spot so graham quite clearly the biggest underprice on the entire slate but Hayward, Washington, Rogier, all very much in play. What about over on the other side? San Antonio going up against Charlotte, we're playing at a much higher pace. That might go back a little bit more towards their norm, but I can't imagine the defense gets any better. So it's still a great defensive matchup here. We got everyone playing, which always San Antonio, it's tough to figure out who exactly to end up playing at any given time. What Spurs are you looking at in the spot?
1: Oh, gosh. I-, I don't know if I want to play any Spurs. I mean, I know Keldon Johnson's been playing really well. Um, I get it, man, but uh, and I do think he's going to get the minutes. But I, I also think he's priced more appropriately, especially with Dejounte coming back. Derek White's in the fold. Patty Mills is going to get some minutes. Uh, DeRozan is, is going to be playing. Lonnie Walker's there. He may not. Lonnie probably won't see as many minutes now, but when they're back in full strength. But my point is, they have a lot of guards. They have a lot of wings. They have a lot of bodies and I, I don't really want to invest in the Spurs on this slate. Uh, you know, I, I think everybody's pretty much priced appropriately. And so I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to fade the Spurs and let them beat me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind that call at all. I mean, Charlotte is a good matchup and I don't mind bringing it back. If you're playing a few Charlotte guys with DeRozan, probably not Murray, but maybe Kelvin Johnson or portal portal. Um, but yeah, it's pretty much fade the Spurs. Let's move on to the next game here. We got Toronto going up against Houston here. Uh, both teams, I believe, on the second of the back to back. So we don't have an injury report, but as of right now, I'd kind of assume that most people are going to play. Maybe Wall we'll ends up staying on the second and back back, but we're going to kind of go under assumption and kind of break it down based on the news that we have. Let's we'll start off with Toronto. Great match versus Houston. Always worried about blowout. Like with all these guys healthy, which ones are you looking at?
1: Uh, it's kind of a similar spot. I mean, Fred Van Vliet is priced okay. Um, you know, OG is 5,600, maybe. Siakam, 7,500. You know, okay. I mean, that's reasonable. Outside of that, though, man, I don't, I don't really want to play anyone. I, I'm not going to touch Lowry until he, with everyone healthy until he gets probably back down to about 7,500, 7,400, somewhere up in there. So that's kind of where I am, man. I don't, I don't really want to invest in Toronto either, outside of guys that I feel are affordable, like Van Vliet and Siakam, uh, and like maybe some OG. But, but that's about it.
0: Yeah, no, I'm kind of. I mean, it's the same thing pretty much every single time that Toronto's healthy. Like, I'm fine with taking a shot on Siakam or Van Vliet. I think both those guys are the two guys that offer your offer you some upside. Lowry is still overpriced, considering that he was like. He was getting everything with all the other guys out, but now with everyone back, he's overpriced at oneone k So, Van Vliet, Siakam, both fine. What about over on the other side with Houston? Like, do you think someone ends up sitting here? Like, and what is that going to open up?
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, Wall and Oladipo are already going to sit. I, I don't think they're going to play. I think, they're gonna, I think they were scheduled to play the front end of the back-to-back the and back rest on the, the back half. So, I think that's kind of how this is going to go. I'm not sure what they're going to do with Christian Wood, who's kind of just coming back. But what I will say is this, Christian Wood, I mean, man, I, I thought he was still in a minute's living. Maybe I missed it. But Wood played 36 minutes against OKC, put up 46 fantasy points. If we have any inkling that he's going to play tomorrow and get normal minutes at 8K, man, just lock it load. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's big time in play. And then with Oladipo and Wall sitting, That's going to skyrocket Kevin Porter Jr. back into our lives. Uh, You know, he'll have a chance to, you know, put up 35 to 40 fantasy, 40 plus fantasy points. And then what that may also do with both of those guys sitting, it may open it back up for Kenyon Martin Jr. for a game, you know, where he, if he gets 30 minutes, we know that he can put up 30 plus fantasy points. Uh, With Christian Wood back might not be as likely, but still it's in the cards. So, uh, that's kind of what I would look at. I know Daniel House had had a big game here, uh, I think, uh, against OKC, but those would kind of be the guys that I'm looking at.
0: Yeah, no, kind of rather there with you. Like, what if we can expect him to get 30-plus minutes without Lodipo and without Wall potentially on the floor? Then he could end up crushing. But, yeah, you just kind of got to wait on the injury report. We should see it in the morning, but, yeah, kind of expecting those guys to end up sitting, and Porter Jr. just becomes a guy that's going to eat up a bunch of usage. He'll work well with Christian Wood. Starting lineup. Porter Jr.'s two cheap at 6,500 kenny martin i'm kind of there with you like i think it could open up some stuff but his price at 5,300 i don't know if that's low enough for me to really consider him too much so even with everything that could potentially be there i don't think that he's cheap enough unless we get i mean he's brought he's better off coming off the bench but like, unless we hear that Woods is going to be sitting or Woods going to be on a man's limit, like, we just don't have enough information there. But it's definitely something to keep an eye out for. We'll largely determine what ends up happening on the slate. But let's move on to the Indy versus Milwaukee game. Big news already. Obviously, Pacers, we don't have anything for, but Bucks, doubtful is Giannis. We'll start off with Indy first. Who are you looking at over on Indy? I know Sabonis has been playing really well. It's a fast-paced matchup, so we'll offer him a little bit of upside here. Brogdon, pace-up matchup, could be a decent play. Which pacers do you like the best?
1: Well, obviously Sabonis is at the top, man. I know he didn't really have a good game, I think, against Miami, but at 9K, I mean, this just screams, you know, a slate-breaking price. I mean, we know this guy can put up sixty. We're getting him at a, at a really big discount. I think they maybe priced him down for Milwaukee with Giannis. And we just see that Giannis isn't going to be here. So I think he's going to be my favorite play. Um, I don't really want to take too many of these flyers. I mean, TJ McConnell had another big game uh, on Sunday. But I'm not really going to worry about it. I mean, he's had two back-to-back. You know, put up 50 and uh, against Miami the first game and then 30 the second game. But uh, at 5,600, I'm still willing to pass. I'm not going to worry about it. Brogdon at 72. I don't hate it, um, but with, with Levert there, Levert still, I mean, he's still playing 30-plus minutes. We just haven't seen the upside, and the ball is being spread out a little bit more. So I, I just I kind of don't want to play a lot of these guys. It's mainly just Sabonis, uh, you know, and maybe with the sprinkle of bragging, but, but that's about it.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I don't really have a ton of interest in anyone in, in the outside of Sabonis, but over on the other side, like, Without Giannis in here, I mean, Middleton and Holiday should see huge uptick in usage. Like, you could potentially go DiVincenzo, but I think he gets kind of left off the list. Like, maybe Portis gets some extra run here, and he's at 4,100. Like, are you with me And just, like, hammer one of the two main Milwaukee guys and maybe throw some ancillary pieces in there?
1: And look, secretly, I've been playing DiVincenzo every day. (laughs) And honestly, it hasn't burned me yet. Like, secretly, I've been playing DiVincenzo probably, I would say every day for probably the past week, since he's kind of gone on this scoring surge. 32, 30, 45, 40, that's the FanDuel scoring, by the way. Um, But it's been about the same on DK. He's uh, 6,100 on DK, which is, you know, doesn't feel good. It it doesn't. But if I told you today DiVincenzo was going to give you 40 tomorrow you play him... You you take forty for sixty one hundred. I think uh,
0: I, I wouldn't. Would. I
1: definitely yeah, wouldn't. I, yeah, I I absolutely would. And so I I actually think Holiday, Divincenzo, and Middleton are in play. Divincenzo's probably not going to get much ownership on DK, but you would be taking him in hopes that he got the forty. Like I think that's the way you play it. Um, and then also, I mean, I'm kind of a Bobby Portis truther in a sense to where. I like to play him in games that I think are going to be blowouts. But also with Giannis not playing, I think Bobby Portis sees a big uptick in minutes. So he's a guy that I'm going to be heavy on. Once again, people, I mean, no secret, uh, you definitely want to get your uh, Milwaukee exposure on FanDuel as well. Bobby Portis, 3,700. Chris Middleton, 7K. And then Drew is about close to what he is there at 6,800. DiVincenzo, 57. Uh, and then you know if, if you want to get froggy and play some Brooke Lopez, he's available for you as well. So that's kind of where I'm. He's forty nine hundred on on uh, on DK. I don't hate that price, uh, but my point is these guys, you know, with no Giannis, man, Drew uh, Drew Middleton, and then for me, I'm still interested in Divincenzo even at sixty one hundred on DK. I just I've seen the scoring really pick up here. And if he continues on this path, we could be looking at another 40 spot.
0: Yep, yeah. No, right there with you. Pretty much all systems locked and loaded with Milwaukee without Giannis in there. There's just so much utilization to go around, and it's not a bad matchup going up against Indy. So pretty much throw them all in there. I mean, look at site dependent, but FanDuel, everyone's lock and load. And even over on DraftKings, I don't have a problem with any of them. Uh, we're moving on to the next game here, Boston going up against Memphis. And we don't have an injury report for Boston yet but we know that Kemba Walker will be sitting in this game or the other side, just triple J out. Let's start off with Boston here. Like without Kemba in here, are you looking at Brown or Tatum? Like, are you going to keep going with Robert Williams knowing that his mints are kind of up in the air or is his price tag a little bit too high for you?
1: Well, I think with Robert Williams is just whether or not Tristan Thompson is going to play at least, you know, he's got 20 minute, kind of a 20 minute, you know, I don't want to say floor, but he's been playing around 20 to 25 minutes, most games, but at six K, I don't think he's necessary. Tyson. And the crazy part about it is Tyson's had two really nice games. And he's still 4,800. So he's still priced well under Williams. I'd be willing to play him. Jalen Brown is, is another one that's kind of on a surge right now. Uh, and, and if you kind of look at what's been happening, Grant, Jalen Brown has really picked it up. And then Kimba and Tatum have kind of just been lackadaisical, like just not getting there at all. So, you know, my rule of thumb with Boston has been just don't play any of them when they all play. Well, now Kimba's out. So Tatum and Brown are going to be squarely in play. You got Marcus Smart at 56. Uh, You know, unless he sits, he's going to be in play as well. Uh, So I think I'm just kind of going to stick with those main pieces Smart, Brown, Tatum. And then if, if, uh, if, if, uh, geez, if Tristan Thompson is out, then that's going to definitely give me interest in Daniel Tice at 48. Um, but that's about it.
0: Yeah. No, right there with him. I mean, we know this with Boston. It's pretty much whenever one of the main three guys are out, the other two become good options and smart. Now that he's back, now that he's playing full minutes, should get an uptick in usage. His price tag is probably a bit too low at 5,600. He's probably my favorite play fall by Brown fall by Tatum. Over on the other side, Memphis, not a great matchup going up against Boston. Um, Valentinus, we know he can go off at any given time. Morant, a guy that has been really just lacking in production over the last few games. I can't figure it out. I don't have a real good read on it outside of the fact that he's been shooting pretty much 30% from the field over the last six games. So his price tag's gone gone all the way down to 7.3K. Is he too cheap right now? Like, in theory, he is too cheap.
1: But, man, we just have not seen the upside. Now, now look, you know, and we kind of were just – this is a pod where we've been on John Morant when he gets to this price because, you know, and we got our string of 40-point games. I don't want to trust it, but the price just feels like we need to. Like, you know, maybe he's going through a sophomore slump. Maybe he never really fully recovered from that ankle injury that he had. But at this price, he's still playing 34 to 35 minutes. I think we consider him. But mainly it's just him and JV. I don't really want to play anybody else. And I'm borderline not don't want to play JV because the price is getting close. Um, And and on this slate, I don't think we need JV. So I'm probably going to fade JV. Don't feel like I need Ja either, but Ja closer to 7K than 8K just feels like a trap to not have some exposure.
0: Yeah, no, kind of right there with you. I mean, you. Like we say, maybe he didn't fully recover from the ankle injury, but he's had multiple 50-point games since he's come back from that. Like this month, he's had a 44, a 51, and a 58-point game. But since then, like that was a three-game stretch, and he's gone terrible, but he hasn't been shooting the ball well. I mean, we look at his game log. We look at his shot attempts. Like his shot attempts definitely dropped down from he was around 18 or so on those earlier parts, and now he's – between 12 and 20 almost every single game so the shot attempts are there the assists I just don't think they're working out because he was averaging close to a double double for that little stretch there so I like my problem is I don't want to keep suggesting him and he just keeps losing I keep playing him like almost every game I keep (laughs) playing him and it just (laughs) is turning out terrible because he's not shooting the ball well and he's not getting as many assists as he should be so I think that he's underpriced right now i think that he's got a decent shot at turning things around at some point i know he's going to turn around things at some point and the fact they put up 20 shot attempts in the last game i think that this could be the turning point here again be prepared to get a 25 to 30 point game out of him but know that he does have 50 60 fantasy point upside, and it will happen at some point it's not an if it's a win and i'm just going to keep playing and tell them in Hopefully, I don't go broke before he actually ends up putting up a good game. But <laughs> don't, I mean, go a, broke, don't go broke,
1: Grant. I mean, don't go broke.
0: And it's going to take a while before I get broke. But at this rate, I mean, I'll, if he keeps playing this badly, it could happen in 2021. Who knows? Um, moving on to the next game here, we got Utah going up against the Bulls here. Bulls, no injury report, but Go Bear. Big news is questionable here. So let's start off with Utah here. Go Bear. If he ends up playing, who are we playing? If he's out, who are you looking at?
1: If he ends up playing, then I'm just kind of off Utah. Like, Correct I answer. I mean, wow, everybody's priced up. Clarkson, 6K. Engel's 5,700. Mitchell, 8,700. Conley, 6,400. Bogdanovich at 52 isn't bad. And then, you know, our, our good friend, Mr. Royce O'Neal, is always pretty much in the 4K range. And he plays, you know, a little over thirty minutes a game mostly. So I don't, I don't hate it, but I don't feel like it's necessary to play anyone from Utah. If he's out, you know, a whole new ball game. Like, you know, now, now we've got some guys in consideration, like, like angles, You know, maybe they switch it up, or maybe even play a little bit of Derek Favors at thirty five hundred. But if he's in, man, I just, I can't play anybody from Utah on this like
0: Yeah, I'm pretty much right there with you. I mean, Utah, it's basically when someone's out, then that's where you can consider playing someone. But every other time, they're pretty much priced where they should be. Favors, you still don't know how many minutes he's going to end up playing. He's been playing around 13 to 16. But if he ends up getting into the starting lineup, like a little bit more boards to go down, he can get stuff done on a point-per-minute basis. And the 3500 if he gets into the 24, 25-minute range, can absolutely crush this price tag here. So a guy that you can definitely consider in tournaments. Maybe you can play Ingles if Ingles ends up in the starting lineup. That's definitely interesting. They may just decide to go small. I mean, obviously Chicago's been doing some weird things, running Thad Young at the five. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if a Gobert is ruled out, if they just roll out a small ball lineup. And that obviously gives a big uptick to Joe Ingles. Maybe a little bit of uptick to Royce O'Neal and definitely some extra minutes for favors. Over on the Chicago side, don't have an injury report right now. I'm guessing everyone's going to end up playing Matchup versus Utah, one of the toughest teams to play. In the NBA, one of the worst matchups for fantasy. I currently have no interest on anyone probably outside of Levine and maybe Saturansky, just as a cheap guy, but there's too many other potential good cheap plays on the slate depending on who ends up sitting. Are you looking at anyone for Chicago? Nope. All right. Simple. No Levine?
1: (laughs) Nah, man. I I mean, he's cheap enough now where you can take a chance, but I don't want to clog up my player pool with Levine today. Just going to let it ride.
0: Yeah, yeah, sounds good to me. Let's move on to the last game of the night. We got Atlanta going up against the Clippers here. Chris Dunn is out. Cam Reddish is out. Trey Young, probable. DeAndre Hunter, questionable. Over on the other side, Pat Bev, already ruled out. Serge Ibaka, already ruled out. Let's start off with Atlanta here. How much of a difference is it going to make if Hunter ends up playing for you?
1: Uh, I mean, if Hunter plays, man, like at that point, just – I can just almost scratch Atlanta off my list and maybe outside of the big men. Um, John Collins has been having some big games here recently. Um, I think that's going to be it, man. Like John Collins is more than Clint Capella at this point. Who who would have thought that, but uh, that's just kind of where I am. Um, You know, and, and the thing about it too, is maybe we need to, it's probably something I should have considered because this team had a coaching change. Right. So, you know, Nate McMillan is there now and, maybe John Collins is his version of Sabonis, you know, like maybe maybe I've got to start kind of switching my mindset here. Because, and, and Capella has been hurt, but when I look at, you know, what Collins has, has been doing since Nate McMillan, I mean, look at his numbers it's they've kind of gone up. So maybe that's something I'll look into, but I definitely think John Collins is probably in play here. Um, and maybe Trey Young too at 8,800 feels a little bit too cheap. Um but, man, if Hunter's back, I just – the other wings, I just – I I don't know what to do. It's going to be a complete logjam. Bogdanovich, uh, Herder, Snell, I, I don't want to play any of these guys.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. I mean, obviously, John Collins has been playing great recently. Maybe it is because of coaching change. A lot of it, I think, was due to the fact that Capella was injured. But, I mean, even with Capella back now, I think the last game he ended up playing, what, 23 minutes? Um, game before that, it was 26 minutes. His minutes has drastically gone down recently. Maybe it's because he's coming back from that injury. Maybe it's because he's a little bit of a defensive mismatch for some guys and just they need to yank him out. I know that happened in a few games this season, but this isn't really a spot where I'm worried about that. But I still don't know if he's going to end up playing more than 25 minutes. They're fully happy to play Collins at the five. They're happy to give Gallinari a little bit of extended run with Hunter coming back. That just muddies the water a whole lot more. I'm kind of right there with you. Yeah, you can play Gallinari. Collins as a GPP play, Trey Young pretty much always in play every single game, no matter what, because he can give you that 50, 60 point ceiling. And this is a guy that was over 10K not too long ago. Like this is clearly a little bit of a pricing disparity from what we've seen from him over the last month. And even though it's a tough matchup going up against the Clippers, he can still put up a big outing, especially without Pat Bev in there kind of mudding things up on defense. I don't mind Trey Young, but outside of that, I'm just not playing any of these Atlanta guys. And yeah. over on the Clippers, it's kind of the same thing almost every given slate. If Kawhi and Paul George are playing, both of them are fine, but neither of them are someone I'm going to try and go out with. But maybe you're different. Maybe you have interest in Zubak. You got anything over on the Clippers that you want to play?
1: Well, I mean, as long as Kawhi has been in this $8,900 range, I've just been playing them just because – I do feel like Kawhi probably should be around 9,500 most of the season. And I mean, you know, he kind of coming off the all star breaker, even going into it 91, 91, 89, uh, 9K, 9K, 89, 87, 92. And they blew Charlotte out on Saturday. Like, he, you know, none of these guys really got full run. You know, it was, it was kind of a blowout. Um, so I do like Kawhi. I, I like Marcus Morris, right, at, at 5K. His minutes have really picked up, especially with the Baca out. Uh, and the same thing for Zubac at 5,100. Zubak pretty much missed probably at least five minutes in the Charlotte game because of the blowout, five, five minutes minimum. So uh, I, I think I have a little bit more interest in the Clippers than you do. But, you know, they're not going to be – you know, where I start my build, but like, if the, you know, if, if I end up with Kawhi, I'm not going to feel bad about it at all.
0: Yeah, kind of right there with you. I mean, like I said, I'll consider Kawhi or George pretty much anytime they're on the board, but not really guys that want to go out of my way. You're right. Kawhi is a little bit underpriced, but not really one I want to play here. Let's get to the morning grind game and then get out of here. What's your favorite, favorite play under 5K to 7X?
1: Hmm. Favorite play, under 5K to 7X. I think I got to go with Devontae Graham, man. I, I know that's an easy one, but it just feels right. <laughs> I mean, he should crush here getting getting his full allotment of minutes back.
0: Yeah, and yeah, no, that's the one I was going to go with. So I'm just going to go with favors. Hope that Gobert ends up missing. But obviously, if Gobert's in that's not a great play. Favorite play, over 8K to under 5X.
1: Hmm, let us go with, this is a tough one, because when you look at it, you really don't have a lot of the studs on the slate. I'm actually going to go Donovan Mitchell. Um, let, let, let's go Donovan Mitchell. You know, maybe they handle Chicago here a little bit, and he didn't quite get there.
0: Yeah, yeah I like that play. I'm going to go with uh, DeRozan, <laughs> just with everyone in there. Not a fan of it. 8.5K, probably a little bit too high. It's not a guy that I really will consider playing. Uh, favorite 6X play on the board?
1: Oh, man. And this one was kind of tough for me today. I didn't want to go with so many of the Charlotte guys, right? Um, just because – but I think it opens up so much. I'm actually going to go with Terry Rozier.
0: Yeah, I don't mind that play at all. I mean, yeah, it's just so much use it to go around pretty much pretty – much not many times where he doesn't end up shooting the ball 20 plus times in the game. Uh, I'm going to go with John ja Morant again, keeps killing me. Don't know. I didn't have anyone else that I really loved. I mean, I could have gone with Sexton now that I'm looking back on it, but I already said it, I'm going to go with John ja Morant. Um, actually probably would be my YOLO play. What's your YOLO play off the board GPP play today.
1: Yeah, man. Um, I'm trying to find one that's really off the board because I do think, you know, a lot of, a lot of the stuff is going to be concentrated. I think I'm going to go with John Collins at 7,400. Like he's been playing really good basketball here recently. And I, I don't think he'll get a whole lot of ownership in this spot, especially the games at the end of the night. Let's go John Collins.
0: I'm going to go with Hassan Whiteside. And I kind of mentioned at the beginning of the pod here, like Rashawn Holmes has been getting into foul trouble recently. He's been getting his minutes kind of yanked back, even when he's not getting into foul trouble. But if things get a little rough for him, if he gets it out of the game early, like there's always a chance that Whiteside ends up at 24 minutes. And with that, he can absolutely destroy, especially going up against Cleveland. So Whiteside's my YOLO pick of the day. Um, Contest selection question. What contest on FanDuel or DraftKings or really any site you want to talk about are you looking at on today's slate that you want to talk about?
1: Uh, I'm actually gonna go on Fanduel today, and this one's, you know, this one's this this one is up there. This is a uh, this is a uh, I guess what we would call a, a high stakes version. But the monster is seventy seven seven seventy seven a day. It is a hundred k up top. Um, they're paying twenty one point eight nine percent of the field. Now first place is thirty three percent of the prize pool. So I get it, like that's not great. I don't like second place. I wish it was a little bit more flat but they are playing 21.89% of the field, you know, a uh, lot less entries, you know, 434 entries. You got a shot at, you know, hundred K man. I, I like the odds.
0: Yeah, I know. I like that. I'm just going to talk about, I guess, super draft. They have a two entry max, $30 entry contest. If you guys are looking at one of the spots with the most overlay, it's going to be that probably that contest, not a whole bunch of sharks in there. $30 entries so are not too intrusive and Decently flat payout. Uh, gambling. What spread? What over under are you looking at today?
1: Man, if I if I was everybody, get on this bucks. Uh, the bucks are minus ten right now. I'd be taking the Pacers plus ten with with Giannis down. It's already
0: down to five point five.
1: Oh jeez. Yeah, a, you were oh. absolutely right,
0: and Gosh. it's dropped well, a ton.
1: Well, there it is. uh Miss missed that opportunity real quick. Uh, let's see. Uh, that was the best line of the day opening. That oh, yeah. Really no, fast. it absolutely was. I mean, gosh. Uh, at any rate, you know what? Let's take the over in that game because I think the Bucks are still going to play pretty quick. And I think with Giannis out, obviously, we feel like they'll take some form of a defensive hit. We're at 231 and a half. Uh, no, no, open at 231. It's at 228. I, I'm still going to take the over. And let's just hope that they push the pace here.
0: Yeah, I like that one. I'm going to go with the Bulls plus nine. I think there is a shot that Gobert doesn't end up playing here. Plus nine seems like a pretty decently high number. I think the Bulls can keep it a little bit closer than that. So I like the Bulls plus nine here. All right, well, it's been fun. Any last-minute thoughts before we get out of here?
1: Nah, man, good, good hanging out with you, dude. We don't get to see each other as much, uh, but definitely good to come on and do a pod with you.
0: Yeah, no, I always enjoy it. was real happy to get on here with you. It's been far too long. Stevie will be back tomorrow. So it's been fun. Thanks, Will, for joining me. We're out of here. See you, kids.